What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Punts, Months, and Jams podcast. It is episode 14 of season two, and we're going to continue tonight with doing some more preview of college football. So tonight we move away from the lower conferences in Division One. We move into the big boys. We move into a conference that is actually the smallest of the Power Five, but at the same time they like to keep that big on their name, right? So I'm throwing away around that word a lot, and that's because it's the Big 12. Now we're going to talk about a lot of different topics in the Big 12. We're going to talk coaching changes. We're going to give our top three of the conference, who we think are going to win the conference. We're going to talk even what stadium we would like to go to and what game we would like to see. So a lot to get into with the Big 12. And with that said, I'm going to welcome in my co-host, Cody Kirk. What's up, Clay Dodd? Are you ready for some Big 12 football, my man? I love it. I'm ready for it. Let's do it. Let's get that ball slinging around the field, and let's put up some points. Yes, sir. So, like I said, we're going to talk some coaching changes, Mm -hmm. and there's been a couple brand-new head coaches come in this this league, and one of them I feel like folks will know. He's been a head coach at different places, including USC and Washington. And then he came to Bama – and was an assistant here and did really well. But then the other head coach that's come in the league got a few things stirred up, got my co-host a little stirred up on a list that may have come out today. And he's at a school in Kansas that, yeah. let's just be honest, it's, it's not a fit for anybody. Nobody can win at Kansas besides Mr. Mangino, who got yeah, it together for one, one year. year. Yeah. Right. You know, I don't – I didn't wake up thinking I was going to choose violence for the Kansas Jayhawks new head coach today, but I just saw a list uh, that pro football focus or whatever they're called. You know, I, I've never been a fan of theirs. Like, if you're if they're listening, I'm sorry. They, they're just – they just get on my nerves. They rub me the wrong way. Some of the lists they put out just drive me up the wall. And I don't know, was it Seth Foster – said that Leopold was a top 10 coach in the FBS. Yeah. And number nine. Actually. Yeah. Number nine. I mean, that's just a little much. I mean, let's, you know, he's probably going to go one and 11. If, if they catch a break two and 10 this year, let's just calm down on that. And yes, it's not his fault, but you know, he, he didn't have to take this job. He, he could have stayed and, done really well and took a a bigger job so you know i'm if he goes one in 11 and he's on this list next year then sir we're we're gonna be outside pff's uh headquarters and i'll have a sign i will not stand for for this nonsense that he's a top 10 coach at kansas I, i just won't right he is i will give this to him he is a top 10 coach in the big 12 that is that's a fact. That is a hashtag fact. <laughs> so just to give you guys a little bit of a background from him, he did move over from Buffalo where he had two trips to the Mac title game in 18 and last year. And he was a good coach there. He was there for six seasons. But where he made his name was in Division Three. He was at Wisconsin Whitewater before he went to Buffalo. And if you know anything about the lower divisions – 
of college football, you know that Wisconsin Whitewater is dominant yep. or was when he was there. They, I can't remember exactly how many straight national champions, cha- national championships they won, but he definitely built a pretty nice resume. But it goes from Division three all the way up to FBS. What a jump! Yeah, I mean it's a huge jump, but like with what Les Miles was going through, they had to go the complete opposite route. I mean. It's kind of like what North Carolina did with Mac Brown, except Mac Brown happened to go to North Carolina and not Kansas. Yeah. You know, I again, we go into this show saying we're not going to talk about Kansas at all, and that's all we've talked about. It just seems like it happens like that a lot. But oh, I yeah. love this. I love this kind of stuff. I mean, yeah, I, I, mean, I, want, I want Kansas to succeed. I want, I want him to prove me wrong. But it's just going to be crazy. Like, you have to take that job if you're Leopold. You have to take it because it's Power 5 and there's Power 5 money, all, all that type of stuff. But, I mean, there's there's a few that I can think of. I mean, what about Kirk Ferentz at Iowa or Gary Patterson at TCU? I don't, I don't remember the list because I just saw Pat Fitzgerald and his name, and it just kind of irked me. Again, Pat Fitzgerald, Northwestern, like, yeah, he's done really well there. But at some point, you, you've got to take that jump and, and do it somewhere other than Northwestern. So that, well, that list was kind of t- trash for me. Well, to give this guy his credit, he did win six national championships. I couldn't remember the number. I had to look it up while you were talking there. And he did. He did a great job at that level. Now, I will say this, it is a very eerie feeling because if you think back to a couple coaches ago from Kansas, they had one Turner Gill. Guess where he came from? Buffalo. Buffalo. So I feel like the folks up in upper New York State are going to be very ticked if they see anybody with a Kansas tag coming into that state. Yeah, I mean, obviously I love Buffalo. I mean, that's how we got Coach Oates. And Buffalo Wings. I do. Oh my gosh! Thank you, Lord, for Buffalo. Hey, let's let's don't discount the real things in life, okay? So, and right now, let's can, just be honest. We're on a shortage. So, all can right, we man. just skip the Big Twelve and just go? Let's take it overtime, Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> right. Let's just talk about best Buffalo uh, wing flavors, okay? <laughs> no, just kidding. So. Moving on from Kansas, let's talk about the other coach in the conference is somebody we're familiar with at this point, and that is Steve Sarkeesian over at the Texas Longhorns in Austin. Yeah, I mean, you, it was probably the worst-kept secret in all of college football that Coach Sarkeesian was going to take a Power 5 job, and especially Texas. You know, it's, it's a top, I don't know, top three job in college football. As far as facilities, money, boosters, prestige, I mean, you're not going to find, you know, more millionaires than, you know, the University of Texas. I mean, their undergrad is 60000 55000 It's just, It's just crazy. I mean, McConaughey's on the sideline. You're going to take that job. So, you know, he's, he's obviously a, a tremendous play caller. But we'll get into this later. You know, I just you you don't know what you're going to get with Texas because can they play defense? Can 
you know, some of the transfers from Alabama that he brought with him, can they make a, you know, a big impact? You just don't know. But I, I do know they're going to be more disciplined than, than Tom Herman's bunch. That That's for sure. Yeah. I think that the big hire for Sarkeesian when he went out there was actually getting the defensive coordinator from uh, Washington. I'm going to mess this name up. but Pete oh, I'm ready for that. Kiowatowski. We know he listens. He's definitely on here. If not his, you know, a relative or somebody close to him definitely listens to the PBJ. Mm-hmm. So they'll be able to tell us if we got that right or if I got that right. And uh, I'm sure I didn't. But I agree with you. I, just, I know a lot of folks here locally are thinking Texas is going to turn around. Don't get me wrong. I think Texas is obviously loaded and will always be loaded because it's Texas high school football out there. So recruiting is not an issue. But I'm, I think – Sarkeesian's just going to have to prove it to me. Well, his two stops at Washington and USC were not impressive. They're, Washington they were definitely was mediocre at best. I mean, yeah. seven, eight win type teams. Yeah, so I, I'm going to need him to actually prove it. You know, I know he probably learned a lot in this last couple of years of being at Bama, but he's going to have to step up and, and show out before I just really buy into it. But with that said, let's move on to – the games of the year and the in the Big Twelve. Do you have any games out of conference games that really just you know stand out to you? There's there's a couple. I got Texas and Arkansas. I think yeah. Sam Pittman at Arkansas has done a great job. I didn't think he was going to win a game last year. Then, you know, you've got Sarkeesian going up against another SEC foe that he's been against before, and you know, had had some pretty good success against, knows what kind of team Arkansas has. They they like to, you know, run the football and have big offensive line, but have a, a pretty good defense. I mean, not pending the Alabama game. That's not fair. But yeah. I think that's going to be a good, you know, meter for both of those schools, for Arkansas and Texas. So I think that's a great game. But there's one game that may be off the radar that you may not even have looked at. But it, Which is that? it stuck out to me like a, like a sore thumb, my friend. Okay. Oklahoma State and Boise. Oklahoma State and Boise. This is a matchup that has happened before and was very interesting when it did happen. So I'm looking forward to it also. Yeah, that, was the, that was the main game that I marked down. Just, yeah. just because if Boise wants any shot to get into the playoff or – any shot at all, you know, to to be in one of the big bowl games, they, they're going to have to be – they're going to have to win this game. And this isn't – we did the Mountain West last night, and I picked them to win. And that episode came out today, which was a great episode, by the way, if I might add. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think this game is huge for Oklahoma State. It could propel them into, hey, you know, we can, we can beat Boise State. You know, there's not – too many teams with a more high-powered offense or, you know, just all-around sound football team in the Big 12 than, than Boise. We can beat them. This can propel them. I believe it's like the second or third game of their season. So that's mm-hmm. the game that I marked down. What, what about so, you, Clay Don? Well, there's some good matchups this year. Like, for instance, it's not going to be a marquee game, but opening up the season, we've got Kansas State and Stanford. Now, that's like I said, not mm-hmm. a ton of people are going to be like, oh, I can't wait to watch that game. But as far as matchups, 
That's going that should be an even game. That should be a fun game to watch if nothing else is on at that particular time. Is that is that in in uh It's in Arlington. They're playing it in Dallas. Oh okay. in Jerry's World. Man, I was hoping that would be out in Stanford or something. Yeah. That that'd be one of those good midnight games we could stay up and text about. Yeah, and the cool thing is I think that uh, we're getting away from the neutral side. I don't know it's how you so feel good, about man. it. I like the home and home. When you and I were in school, we had a home and home with Penn State. I thought it was great. Yeah, um, it was one of the most electric atmospheres pregame I've ever seen. I mean, absolutely. Pregame, you had Coach Paterno, Coach Bowden, and Coach Saban all at midfield, and it was one of the more, I mean, one of the more chilling moments that I can remember. I mean, it was just standing ovation, going crazy. Like, I remember, if I remember correctly, we didn't boo Penn State at all. No, I mean, when Like, Joe, I think we when, cheered when they came out, which is very strange. When Joe Paul stepped on the field, I mean, it, it would give you chills. I, I mean, mean, it's I just get chills it's a right walking now. legend. And, and, you know, obviously that was before all the stuff that came out. But, I mean, at the time, that was – when they showed those three on the – you know, those four corner screens we have in Bryant Denny, it was like almost tear to your eyes when when those three were at midfield. If you think about it, that's like eight, 750, 800 wins in college football right there. Yeah. Another team that has really – and I'll get to this team later on in one of my previews, but I'm, I'm happy about their scheduling. This is not, you know, juggernaut teams are taking on, but West Virginia opens up at Maryland. And then the third week, they take home Virginia Tech at home. Uh, oh, I a, love that's that. That's such a good one. I, I think that, you know, their scheduling is really nice and just the fact that how they're going to do that. TCU plays Cal. Uh, if you remember just a few years ago, that was one of the – I think they had more turnovers than they did points on the board, and it was in a bowl game. So the Cheez-It Bowl? The Cheez-It Bowl. So, a lot of fun there. I mean, they, there's some games here that – an old Big 12 matchup, Oklahoma actually takes on Nebraska. Now, that one should be one-sided completely, but it's just really cool to see the two helmets on the field again. Uh, I, I'm really liking some of the Big 12 non-conference games this year. But moving on from that, let's talk about if you were to get to go to one of these Big 12 stadiums, one of the 10, where would you go and what game would you want to see there? Well, this is really weird. It- it just changed. I mean, it didn't change, but the game changed. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll want to go to West Virginia, and now I want to go watch that Virginia Tech game there. It'd be a lot of fun. I mean, It'd be a lot of fun. I, like, there's a lot of things I look up on YouTube just randomly, but I always find myself going to West Virginia and, and you know, just after the game, you know, the, them singing their, their little John Denver song, and right. it's just. Make you want to burn a couch out in the front yard? I mean, yeah, it makes me just want to to go there up, up in the, the mountains and the hills and start singing. Man. It's just like a cool atmosphere. I scratched out Baylor. Mm-hmm. I, I wrote Baylor down initially because of their new stadium. And mm-hmm. It just seemed cool. And I was like, no, I've got to go to West Virginia. Because okay. I'm not that impressed with Oklahoma. Just seems kind of a wine and cheese type crowd. Yeah. Texas, never been a big fan of, you know, Daryl Royal, just never been that impressed with that. So I went with West Virginia. Yeah, that would definitely be a great trip. I know they have a good time up there in Morgantown. The one I picked out was a stadium. I've actually got to go 
near. I have not been to a game. I've been out to Stillwater and seen it. And I've been by Norman. I've been by, I went by Norman the day we played them in the playoffs. And uh, we were on a trip and I wanted to see both of those stadiums. So I got a chance to do so. And uh, I would love to go to Oklahoma State sometime just from the atmosphere inside the game. Those paddles get going. And from what I understand, I mean, Coach Leach once said that, you know, his first time in that stadium against that team, which was when he was with Oklahoma as a coordinator. He said by the end of the game, he was ready to snatch one of the paddles and just beat some kid to death. Oh, my um, gosh. Yeah. And, I mean, it just – it'll drive you crazy. And it'll get in your head. So, I would love to go see that. The game that I actually picked out, which I actually thought would be a great, for one, weather, be a little chilly, early November. But also, it would be an even – what I think will be an even matchup, and that will be with TCU on November 13th. I think that would be – an absolute fun game to watch. Sorry. I think I just fell down. <laughs> Sorry. I'm not sure what just happened, but I feel like I just fell down. No, my uh my uh phone hit the, the table. It it, it falls. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, thank God. So here's an, another one. Just can I do an honorable mention? Of course. I would love to see Iowa State play Iowa at Ames. Mm, yeah. There's crazy things happen in Ames, Iowa, my friend. The Cyhawk Trophy. It would be a lot of fun. What a terrible name for a trophy. It's just It, it kind of goes back to the last episode where we were talking about the Mountain West and the way they, you know, they took their conference name and they split them up into two divisions and they just literally named them Mountain and West. <laughs> I mean, it's just, genius, man. It's it's hard to beat, you know. Uh, it's better than leaders and legends. My gosh, oh, that was the worst. That was by far the worst. That was an, that was just an embarrassing thing that the, oh, the Big Ten did. That was I tell you what that was. It was everybody gets a trophy. That was the kind of mentality that was. We don't want to oh. tick off anybody. Everybody gets a trophy. And naming while you're at a stadium, and it may not be the same stadium that you want to go see. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some atmosphere there. There's going to be some cheerleaders getting the crowd pumped up. The band's playing, but every one of these teams have a mascot. Who has the best mascot in the Big Twelve? Well, the creepiest is the Toad. Uh, little, I think little. the creepiest is actually at the stadium. I'd want to go see is that Pistol Pete. Man, that guy is just weird. The the Horn Frog man. He's got a weird head. He's real skinny with a is weird that, head. Yeah, the Kansas State's weird too. It's a person, but with a. Yeah, with a cat weird. head, not yeah, a biscuit. I know. Like, I, I agree. Oh, I do that. love cat head biscuits, though. Oh, they're delicious, and it is the perfect shape. I mean, if oh you gosh. ever wonder, like, why do they call it a cat head biscuit? Look at Kansas Look at State's the freaking mascot. Head. Okay, it is identical. Here's what I went with, and there's there's kind of a, a West Virginia flair to my answers. I just yeah. think the Mountaineer is cool, man. It is. Yeah, I I just went with the Mountaineer. I was like, man, that that guy seems happy when he's yeah, out there. I mean, he gets everybody fired up. I think that's cool. And I think Oklahoma's is also weird. Yeah, yeah. the Sooner. Yeah, thing. I mean, I don't know. What is that? Is that like a, a horse? It's, it, I don't know. If it's we don't mess with those. We don't mess with that, so we'll just stay away from Bronco's that. Bronco's a horse. So yeah. That's I mean, scary. But to go back to your Mountaineer thing, I mean, the guy has to be, you know, a college kid. So let's talk about a 20-year-old kid who's out there with a full-on mountain musket. man beard. 
and a musket. I mean, the, with the little impressive little coonskin hat, man. Yeah, it's impressive. I mean, it's 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 Daniel Boone on the sideline as a college kid. That's what that is, and it's impressive to see. So, mine I actually went with just a beast. Okay, I went with a live animal on campus. Bevo. I think that seeing that thing and see, listen, I went to the state fair in Texas one time and the state champion Longhorn had a, a spread from tip to tip was eight feet ten inches. This thing That's like Giannis Antikatapupo. I couldn't believe it. The head on this freaking animal, man, was the size of my kitchen table. And I, I love what imagine. it did to the bulldog in the sugar bowl. Oh, it's that was hilarious. hilarious. I, I thought the bulldog, I thought Ugga didn't have it because let's just be honest, Ugga's real out of shape. He can't put up a fight. He can't Bevo's lose more lit, that man. He he has to work oh, out. Solid muscle. Solid muscle. Just and lean, steak. lean, mean, fighting Bevo machine right there. Beautiful, beautiful. I knew you were going to go with Bevo. I just knew it. I mean. But you know, in the patch, yeah. well, it used to be. Uh, the Ralph. Colorado Buffalo. Yeah. Because that Ralphie. was awesome. Ralphie. Because that was yeah. just, that thing is a bad animal, man. Yeah. Um, that thing's so sick. I'll never forget the day I found out that, that Ralphie was a female. Like, I don't know why, but I was just like, what? The name's why, Ralphie. Why couldn't we call it like uh, Ralph Regina? Regina. Even better. Regina the Buffalo. I love it. We're going, That's going the petition. only thing I'm referring to Ralphie as now is Regina. I'm going to. I'm absolutely going to send a letter. I'm going to write my congressman and Do let it. him know that we need to get that change to Regina. So, the Mountaineer for you, Bevo for me. Now let's talk about as far as back to football and X's mm-hmm. and O's. I, I don't. Did I fall down again? No, my. Okay. I, I don't know. My, my headphones. They have this little like plastic piece on it. And it just hits the table. And this microphone that I have is so sensitive to everything. I mean, the, my kids will be in their back room and something to drop them. And Clay will be like, hey, what's that? I'm like, man, they, they're in the back room playing with toys. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking on my end around the house like, did somebody mm-hmm. just break in? No, this this yeah. microphone is, is uh, it's it amazing. picks up everything. So, as far as teams... Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about the bottom of the list, okay? So we're going to give – here in a little bit, we're going to give our top three. But I want to talk about who is a team outside of Kansas that is going to be really bad, may not finish last, but really bad and should not be. They've got the talent. They've got the backing. They've got – everything lines up, and they just can't get it done. Who's going to be that team this year? Honestly, I think it's going to be West Virginia and Texas Tech. I think they, they could have good teams – but I think they're not going to meet expectations. And I actually wrote down for both of these, Coach Neil Brown will be on the hot seat next year. And I just I just don't – I think Texas Tech's going to be done too. I mean, you know, they're – Matt Wells is 8-14 and 14 the last two years. Yes, it was COVID. But, heck, somebody's got to win in COVID year. That's so, right. you know, I think, I think those two teams, Texas Tech and um, – West Virginia are are going to be my two teams that uh, just don't meet expectations. Well, I'm going to go. I'm, I'm just going to tell you. Last night after we got done recording the 
group of five uh-huh. preview. We talked about the fact that, okay, we're getting into, you know, the power five and how different are we going to be in our picks? We don't know. And just for everybody out there, we don't know who each other, each other's we, picks We don't are. discuss anything other than like right when we get on, we're like, okay, I'm going to start with this and then we're yep. going to go into it. We don't talk about anything we write down. So this is just as much of a, a you know, a learning experience as we're going through mm-hmm. as we're doing it. So we're going to have a little bit of a, you know, a discrepancy here in, in our picks. I went with a team in Baylor. I am not a fan of Dave Randall. I didn't think he would make a good head coach last year. He was, I mean, just pathetic. And I don't think that Baylor's going to bounce back. I really don't. I don't think that Baylor is going to have near the team that they think they should. Mm-hmm. And honestly, they should. They've got the athletes right now. I just don't believe in the coaching. I don't believe in the the assistants. I don't believe in the head coach. I don't like what they're doing there. And I think Baylor is going to be the team that just really scrubs the bottom once again, just like they did in COVID. I mean, you just – I have them finishing six. So you, I got you. I mean, I, I don't have them winning the thing, but, right. you know, I don't, I don't have them finishing ninth either. I've actually got uh, – Texas Tech finishes ninth and West Virginia eighth. So, well, that's uh, a good point. That right there, West Virginia leads us into the next topic, and that is really breaking down the top three teams that we think will finish highest in this conference. So I'm gonna let you go first, and then I'm gonna give you mine. Okay. Obviously, you got to start out with Oklahoma. Spencer Rattler, Lincoln Riley leading that team again. You know, a potential national championship team. And I wrote down something that I normally don't write down with Big 12 teams. I, I know you know what I'm about to say. The, the, the defense? Defense, yes. Uh, I think Alex Grinch, their defensive coordinator, will take a Power 5 job next year. Mark yep. it down July 8th. That's, that's what I'm saying. He's going to have a Power 5 job. I think they're going to lead the Big 12 in scoring defense. There, I said it. I think they're going to lead – lead them in scoring and in scoring defense. So I got Oklahoma as a top three team. Obviously, Iowa State, you know, they have the the best running back, quarterback duo coming back, in my opinion, to college football. So, you know, Brock Purdy seems like he's been there for 35 years. And I just think with their offense, the offensive line that, that they have can – you know, they can do a lot of things offensively that they can match up well with, with Oklahoma. Uh, so, you know, I can't believe Campbell is still there. You know, I know they're paying him well, but I, I just can't believe he's he didn't go to Texas or somewhere like that. Right. Because uh, he's – I mean, I thought he was going to go to the Auburn – get the Auburn gig. You know, that's – you know, they, they went to the well with Chiswick, so I was like, they might go to the well with – Campbell, you just, you just right. never know. I mean, so I was like, they, they could go there. But it, he stayed at Iowa State. I think he's an incredible coach. I think his hat is pathetic. I think he needs to buy a new hat. It looks very poor. <laughs> it's dirty. It's grimy. It's nasty. Just get a new hat. And I don't like the way he wears it. But he, he's a great coach and a great motivator. So I've got, I've got them as a top three team. And we, you never know. We might have the same top three teams, and it might be – Y'all didn't argue or nothing. I've got Oklahoma State finishing third. I don't have Texas finishing third. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, 
We do not have the top three the same. We do we have do. the top two the same. But. We do have the top two the same. I'm going to give you a point. So I'm right there with you on Oklahoma. I think that Oklahoma, they bring back 15 starters. They've got the top offensive mm-hmm. line. Spencer Rattler has had a year of experience. Actually, he's had two now. I think the finalist, man. He's got a shot. They've got a really good set of receivers. Like, there's no reason that Oklahoma should not dominate. All right. Next up, we talk about Iowa State. Okay. Iowa State returns 21 starters, Cody. They've got 21 guys. And if you look at all 11 on the offense are coming back, the team's just jacked. They've got a great coach. This is a, a good opportunity for them. And guess what? They have beat Oklahoma in the past. So, the, you know, he can do it, he can get it done. The team that we're going different on is not Oklahoma State. Can I can I take a, a venture and a guess? Please do. Please did do. you pick Texas Christian? I did not. I hmm. picked a team that you had finishing way down the list. Oh wow! I think the right opposite. I think Neil Brown's going to get it done. I think that oh, West wow. Virginia Mountain finishes Mama. third. That's right. Finishes third this year in the conference. I just. They're going to take, you know, they've got a lot of starters coming back. They've, they've got the experience. They've got they, – they didn't have the best team last year. Don't yeah, get they, me wrong. they only had – I was looking on Athlon. That's um, – Yeah. And I read a crazy stat. They only had four plays of 40 yards or more. Yeah. That's going to change. Which is nuts. <laughs> it really is. I mean, is. I, I, feel like, I feel like Smitty had three of those a game. It is. You're absolutely right. I just – I don't know why. They just keep jumping off the page. I mean, they jump it. off to me for a lot of reasons. I want to go to a game there. Oh, yeah. I like their song. I think their mascot's cool. Yeah. I just don't know if, if Neil Brown's the guy to get it done, but obviously that, that's that's why we have co-hosts and not just one. So I'm, I'm glad you differ. Because like, like you said last night, it would be boring if we just had the same thing all the time. So going back to Oklahoma real quick, Alex mm-hmm. Grinch, you brought him up. Man, I was a fan of his when he was at Army. And I thought when he got hired to Oklahoma, that was the best coordinator hire that season. That's been three years ago. And I thought that he would just come out juggernaut because they've got athletes. They just couldn't get things going together. Mm-hmm. He'd come out sluggish his first year. Didn't have a good first year. Made improvements his second year. Made improvements his third year. Cody, they may have a top ten defense this year. That's probably the job he's done. The only thing that's going to hurt them is what happens with Alabama. They score so fast that their defense is just worn out by the end of the third quarter, and they give up, you know, late touchdowns that make the game not closer, really. But it's like, man, they couldn't stop them. You know, they won fifty-five to thirty, but really they scored two touchdowns on backups. You know. Yeah, and you really need to look at the stats for the first three quarters versus the the four quarters. Yeah, it drives me crazy. You know, it drives me crazy with Alabama fans. You're like, Pete, Pete Golden's the worst. But I'm like, if if you just look at it, this is an Alabama podcast right now, but just I'm just using this for an instance. You know, if you look at who's in the game at the time, you know, you've, you've got to take that into consideration. Either Even though they're four- and five-star players, they're still backups for a reason. I mean, I'm just, you know, you got to look at the whole picture – when you're looking at, at numbers in these situations, I mean, I'll, I'll love the stat. Was it an important touchdown? You know, like, was it a critical touchdown at the moment or was it scored with two minutes left when you're up by 28, you know? 
That's right. We talked about – you brought up Matt Campbell at Iowa State and how good he really is. Mm-hmm. I hope he don't stay too long. And I think you're right. I think this is the last year. Let me give you the just some stats here. So, over the last 10 years – now, this goes all the way back to – it takes in account winning percentage. Mm-hmm. Iowa State was third from last, only beating Texas Tech and Kansas. Woof. Last five years – they're third in the conference, only behind Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. The yeah, last, how good of a job has Gundy done, man? Oh, yeah, absolutely. The last three years, Iowa State is now second, only behind Oklahoma in win percentage. That's pretty solid at Iowa State. Well, and what's crazy about Iowa State is they've beat Oklahoma. They just always do something goofy and lose a, a game here or there. They shouldn't. You know, the – they beat Oklahoma, you know, in Norman or, you know, in Ames, but they just mess up, you know, against a Texas or a Texas Tech or TCU, a game they shouldn't lose. So I'm going to give you a kind of a breakdown of those three losses and really how close Tom Herman was to staying at this job. And really just, I mean, he would have been having a chance to play for a Big 12 championship game maybe going to the playoff, totally different and not losing his job compared to this three losses. So they fumbled the ball on the one versus TCU, lost. Lost in four overtimes against Oklahoma in the Red River rivalry shootout. Which are one <laughs> Sorry. Call. That's a tough one. Red That's a River. tough one. I was about to say, can we do the game where we just try to say that three times fast? Because it's so I, difficult. I just can't. Okay, let, then, me, let me try. Okay, here we go. I always laugh at this when somebody on the broadcast tries to say it really fast. Red River Rivalry, Red River Rivalry, Red River Rivalry. You have to do it now. I can't. I've got to get through this Iowa State thing before I'll totally not be able to talk. (laughs) So so then they did not trail against Iowa State until a minute 44 was left in the game and missed the tying field goal. Mm -hmm. So those three losses – ultimately cost Tom Herman his job. It's yeah, just interesting it, to me. It, it's weird that they get rid of him after last year. You know, COVID yeah. year, seven and three. It's just very strange that I, I thought they actually were a pretty solid football team, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I, I didn't, honestly didn't think that anybody would get fired last year. And then all of a sudden, oh my gosh, you takes the Most champ takes the fall first, and then it's just like domino effect throughout college football. And it really did – it shocked me. I thought last year would kind of be like player eligibility. It would be more of a, you know, kind of a burner year. Let's see if we can't win a national championship. But if we don't, so what? Everybody's coming back next year and we'll do it all over again. Teams didn't look at it like that. But, you know, these decision makers at these universities said no. We're well, not going to do that. I think they saw, hey, somebody's going to win these football games. We're, everybody's dealing with the same playing field. You know, COVID doesn't just happen in the SEC or the Big Ten or the Big 12. Everybody's dealing with it, but somebody's still winning those games. And they were like, we're, you know, if I'm I'm with you, I believe Ryan Brown from the former Jocks Roundtable said that one of his three guarantees were nobody's going to get fired. And I think there ended up, what, being like 11, 12? Yeah. Quite a bit. I mean, it was almost more than a normal. Yeah, 
It was, it was crazy. So that's everything I've got, Cody, on the Big 12. I've got – we went through several notes. We went through most of the teams in the Big 12, and we gave our top three. We gave our total conference winner here, or at least – who do you have, just just to sum up everything we talked about, who's going to win it all in the Big 12? Oklahoma. Yeah, Oklahoma's going to win. I mean, I but, you know, you almost swayed me with your little daggum stats you sent me with that 21 starters. I'm like, <laughs> oh, my goodness. I was – you know, I thought they had a lot coming back, but I was thinking like 17, 18. Yeah. And even then, that might have swayed me. But, you know, I I just think Spentler, Spencer Rattler is just – I just think he's – and I told you after the Alabama game against Ohio State, that next podcast we did pre-show, I was like, I think Oklahoma can win the national championship. Yeah. Not because of their offense, but because of that defense with Alex Grinch. You know, I think Alex Grinch, you're right. I think he is he is legit. The, he's the old straw that stirs the drink, sir. That's right. And that, Hey, man, as far as Spencer Rattler goes – if we'll see if he really cashes in on this NIL thing because he's got one of the best. He got raising canes. And if he can't cash in on getting some free meals there, Spencer Rattler should be about forty pounds overweight come September. Yes. There's no way he shouldn't. But, you know, we'll see if he even enjoys it. But that's everything I've got for the Big Twelve. Now let's get into some quick topics to finish up this episode. How about it? Okay. All right, so I'm going to give you a fact, mm-hmm. and it is away from sports. So I like to do these quick facts to get, get get everybody thinking. So the world's smallest reptile was just discovered this year, the Madagascar chameleon, which is 28.9 millimeters long. That's a good movie. It really is. Now, this one really – this is a stat you'll need to know about this uh, chameleon. Okay. So remember – this is the world's smallest. Its genitalia makes up twenty percent of that length. Pause. What are we doing here? I'm. This is a family show. Follow that up with a football thing, Clay. I just need you to. I need you to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I I, yeah, I literally lost my train of thought here. I didn't wake up today thinking I'd be talking about Madagascar genitalia. Speaking of train, I think we just left the rails. <sighs> I lost it. Okay, here it is. Prairie View A&M lost 80 straight college football games from 1989 to 1998. Yeah. On, on September 26, 1998, Prairie View A&M beat Langston College 14-12 to, to end that losing streak. I have seen that before. I've seen that. Um, I, I want to look up and see if they were a conference game or if like Prairie View A&M went out and said, okay, Who's the worst team besides us? Can we schedule them and just see if we can get that dub? You think it was like the B team, like the non-scholarship team, and they actually suited up in some different jerseys today. You know what it reminds me of is like the the Mud Dogs from Waterboy. Like they've got like twelve fans, all the cheerleaders are drunk, and the <laughs> he's the best quarterback since Joe Montana. <laughs> Joe Mon- or he's the best line. What did he say? He's the best linebacker or something since Joe Montana. And Joe, Joe Montana was a quarterback, you freaking idiot. <laughs> you remember when Bobby Boucher showed up at halftime of the Bowl? Do you? Do you? 
That's what that's what Prairie View A and M was. They were the mud dogs. Oh man, I love it. So, what about a different way to cook an egg? Okay, how, what I always ask this every few times, but what number are we on now? I don't have these numbers, but it's a lot. Okay, <laughs> it's quite a bit. So this is called the Ega. Tough one there. We're back to Mountain West style naming rights. Okay. Just this is a savory dish from the Arabian Peninsula. Okay? Sure it is. Eggs binding a filling of vegetables and meat, sometimes with Arabic spices. It don't I mean, look that sounds bad. good. It looks like a flat omelet. It's I mean, like I can get it. behind this Arabian egg. It, the picture looks like they literally cooked an omelet and just didn't fold it over. I'm I'm fine with that. Yeah, it's, I, and you know what'd be really good on it? Some hot sauce. Oh, dude, some salsa. Mm-hmm. Oh. All right, so let's do some rapid fire to finish up. I'm ready. So, what is the weirdest thing you have ever seen in somebody's house? What is the weirdest? Hmm. the weirdest thing I guess like I I doubt they'll ever listen to this podcast I'm not going to give names but it was just a bunch of like Bruce Lee swords and it was very strange oh man (laughs) I mean I guess it was cool I was just like man this is halfway weird the one that that would freak me out a little bit because it's just a weird collection you know the whole katana swords yeah just kind of weird. The one that I had was, and it was somebody that was very close to me, actually. But uh, it was walking in the house and seeing two ventriloquist dolls. Oh, my God. No. That freaks me out Heck more than no. anything. I've you seen way, way too many with movies. Way too many movies out there that has them things just coming to life and doing some damage. I just ain't for it. All right. What is something that is okay to do occasionally? but not okay to do daily. Okay to do occasionally, but not okay to do daily. Hmm. I'm trying to think of something I do a lot of that I don't need to. Yeah. <sighs> hey, don't, don't, don't put yourself in the, do- in the doghouse. No, no, Just- I'm... I'm just trying to think of, like, are you talking about me personally or like in general? So, for instance, the one I come up with was cutting your grass. You don't live on a golf course. There's no reason to cut your grass daily. Oh, dude, are you kidding me? I was literally about to say cutting your grass. Yeah. I mean, that's just, okay. That's I'm, I'm saying cutting your grass, but I was like, I don't want to give an answer that, like, Clay's wanting a deeper meaning. I was like, no, just cutting your grass. Yeah. All right, so last, what movie quote do you use the most? Mm, I automatically go to any Anchorman quote. Yeah. And for some reason, I always say, I'm Ron Burgundy. (laughs) Or uh, that doesn't make any sense. 60% of the time, it works every time. Yeah, and I'd say I love lamp. I love desk. Brick, do you really love those things? You just randomly point things out in the room. Uh, pants party. Pants party, my pants. Pants party. Did Ronte say that? Yes. <laughs> so it's funny. I mean, any Anchorman name. quote, they're all the Anchorman is my 
favorite movie of all time, any genre. I no joke. This isn't made up. Probably seen it over three hundred times. Any Will Ferrell movie generally has some quotes that people recognize, mm-hmm. and that's I picked up my quote from a Will Ferrell movie. I say this all the time. Did we just become best friends? Yep. I mean, I use that all the time. It could be passing somebody on the street. Do we just become best friends? And everybody and always goes, yep. Most people figure, you know, they know what you're talking about. So definitely Anchorman is the way to go there. So that's everything I've got, Cody. That is a great Big 12 breakdown. You know what I like about our show, Clay? What's that? We don't mess with horses. <laughs>